Yo, Ancient Texan. Uh, podcast is coming up on wealth inequality and some of the myths that allow it to keep happening. It creates a culture where it's okay. But before we do that, how does wealth inequality hurt you? Well, if you're one of those millions of people that are working two jobs and your wife's working two jobs and you can't pay your bills and take care of your family, even though you're working your butt off, you're suffering from wealth inequality. So we live in a country that's got a lot of money. We have some people that have a whole bunch of money, like $100 billion. So the money has been created by the effort of all of us. And then it's been distributed for the last 30 years or so, mostly up to the top 1%. That's wealth inequality. And the symptoms of wealth inequality... is you work your butt off and no matter how hard you work you just can't keep up work two jobs your credit cards are maxed out now there could be other problems too but those are also symptoms of wealth inequality that you're not getting what you deserve and I think it's a, just a side note here, I think it's a lot of the reason uh, Trump was successful. He gets a lot of support from those of the working poor, as we've done on other broadcasts here. Anyway, if you're feeling the agony of wealth inequality, you might want to listen to the rest of this podcast which is about the myths that allow wealth inequality to continue in this country. Yo, this is the ancient Texan. Uh, it's about a week before Christmas, and uh, I'm probably going to publish this on Christmas. And it's about our assumptions behind inequality that allow inequality to continue to exist. And I've been thinking about this one for a long time. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to do a good job on it, but I'm, I'm going to make a run at it. hope everybody's doing okay. Staying healthy, staying away from COVID. Okay, when someone does well, we say they get what they deserve and there's kind of a belief that if someone doesn't do well and they're in poverty, they still kind of get what they deserve. That the outcome of where someone is, is based on how hard they try. Um, and that's fundamentally flawed. 
Um, for example, most people that go to Harvard, their parents went to Harvard, or one of their parents, or their uncle. And that goes, that's true with most Ivy schools. Only people that are of that wealth class can afford to send their kids to Harvard. And the few other, and the few exceptions don't change the rule that most people that go to Harvard because their parents or someone close to them got them in. It also means they, you know, had to study hard and work hard and they got tutored and they did well. I'm not taking that away from them. But there could be someone else in the slums of Juarez, Mexico that has three times the ability of the average person in Harvard but we know is not going to get in. So we recognize that what we accomplish is a combination of luck and ability. And yet we seem to emphasize the ability much more than the luck. And there's a new saying around that if you want, you know, to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, don't stay in America, go to Denmark. Because we're now a country of downward mobility and there's more likelihood you're going to go down than up. And everyone likes to point out the exception, but the exceptions are becoming pretty rare just based on the numbers and the results. And there's plenty of websites that cover this stuff if you're interested. And plenty of data collected to show that we're not a land of opportunity anymore. So, nevertheless, the myth exists that Jeff Bezos is there because he has ability. Yes, Jeff Bezos does have ability. But I would guess that Jeff Bezos comes from a fortunate family, that he's not one of the exceptions. And I would gather that there's millions of kids in Latin America that are at least as talented as Jeff Bezos. There's millions of kids and people in America that are as talented as Jeff Bezos. The idea that someone is at the top is there because of they deserve it um, more than the zillions of people, the billions of people that didn't get there. Um, it's just not not true. Um, they had the ability and it lined up with an opportunity. And they probably had a head start because of wealth in their family. That's who most of the billionaires are, billionaires are. They're not the brilliant mathematician from Calcutta. They're people that were born 
into good circumstances and they did well. It's based on luck. And now there's also another element of of this inequality thing. We assume the world uh, is successful and capitalism is successful because of competition. And that the people that do the best are not the smartest, etc. will do the best in capitalism. But it's not really based most of the time on ability and contribution. Um, Not that the people at the top don't have contribution. Bill Gates has a lot of contribution and I thank him for that. But he had some luck and opportunity on the way. And he also got himself in a position of power early in his career. Now, maybe that smarts uh, to get in power, but I think it's often, uh, that's kind of the luck of the draw too. Not that everyone would have seen his the opportunities that Bill Gates saw, because he understood that small computers uh, were gonna take over the big monster computers. And he had a clear view of that, and that gave him an advantage. But let, let's take something like a patent. That's something I know something about. I've got about a dozen patents. I would say I've made a reasonably good contribution to technology in my field. But I live in a field that's dying in the U.S., And I was surprised when I got my first patent that I got 200 bucks. And then they told me most of the time you get a dollar and you sign away everything, those little papers you sign when you come through HR. The contract basically says if you work for this company, your brain is owned by your employer. So it's not you know, the person that contributes and thinks of the patent. Um, There's a guy that owns the company that gets the results of that, and he gives you a job. But I found out after a while that I'm sure I could have made three times, ten times as many patents as I did because I understand how things work, at least on a technical level. But on a technical level, it's not a power basis. You have to understand your mind has to be uh, wrapped around the business world and contracts and stuff. And I understand that enough now, but I'm an old dude. So, you know, the time to understand that doesn't help much. I needed to understand that when I was 20. Like Bill Gates understood it at 20. And he probably got that from growing up in in a world that understood contracts and leverage and power. I didn't. I was on the low end of power. And I'm not comparing myself to Bill Gates. He's another level than me. But on the concept side of things, what determines who gets the value from a contribution is not 
based on who creates it or understands things or makes the contribution. It's who owns the contribution. Now, let me back up even more, one step below that. When I've got my patents, it's always been to me just an assimilation of what I've previously learned, the shoulders that I've stood on um, that let me see the next logical step in building the, putting the, you know, the next tinker toy in the right place. Would have everybody seen it? Nope. But I'm sure there's a lot of people who would have seen it and maybe would have seen better than I do. Or seen it, they would have seen a different position for the tinker toy. And yet, my name and a few other names are the ones that go on the patent. And then the people like that paid for the project are the owner of the company. And down in fine print, it's the owner that has all the rights. I can't go use any of my patents and get any money from it. Um, Of course, when I go on and work somewhere else, I carry all this knowledge from the previous work I've done. Um, I'm on my fifth magnesium project. You think I might have learned something on the first four? You think I might have been hired because I've been on four previous magnesium projects over three, over a couple of decades? I guess it's pushing two and a half decades. So, this idea that, like, when you sign the patent, the inventor and he was the contributor and he gets credit for in capitalism uh, because he was the one that saw it. No, he, we kind of, I was the person that out on point. In, in a way, I was the position, person in position of power and in the right place in the project and the right place in time. Um, there could have been other people that contributed more to my patents than I did. That, And I've been in a, a room a dozen times in my life where someone's, when something does become obvious and you know on that whiteboard and everybody sees like, wow, this is where we need to go and it's clear. Um, everyone that leaves that room will somehow retell the story and it was their idea. I kid you not, this happens almost every single time. But somewhere in that room or some people in that room are in a position to be given credit because they're the technology guys and that kind of fits the framing of the story. So not only do we have this assigning credit to an individual because he was the smartest and he gets credit with his patent instead of a cooperative mindset that the whole team or even people from other companies and people that did previous work are actually the inventors or the combination of project A and B gives us something from project C. Um, 
and then it's just an extension of what's before, a cooperative model of humanity. But we go one step further, and it's not even the person that figures out the patent. It's the person that owns the patent, the person that owns the company. And that person is the one that decides where resources go, and he's also the one that decides when the benefits come back from applying that patent or making that business deal. He's the one that distributes where that money goes. When the money comes back, Beso could, you know, that money from Amazon could be distributed more to the workers or it could be distributed to George Bezos' pocket. Well, we kind of assume he's in power and he deserves it and he earned it. No, not that he didn't do his fair share, but it's not because he is smarter or more talented that he gets to determine how the revenue that comes in is distributed. It's because he's in a position of power granted by the contracts that he signed with the people and the contracts either written or implied between the company and the society he lives in. It's it's not... There's no measure that Bezos, because, I don't know, he has 100 billion bucks... Whatever it is, um, there's there's no implication from that that he's a billion times smarter or more valued than um, the brilliant mathematician sitting in the the hut in Juarez, Mexico, that's looking for a piece of paper to write his idea down on. Or that he has more potential value to society. It's, he may be valuable, Mr. Bezos, and I don't doubt that. And he has changed the world, his insight. But he hasn't done that all along. He's had a, a army of generals around him. And then they have their men and their men down. And these things that happen are not a matter of one person doing them. And it's not even one person making the decision. It's, a, it's typically a team. The only thing that confers where the revenues go is the legal structure under which George Bezos lives under. Well, am I for abolishing capitalism? No. I think capitalism works great. But we have to recognize that we are the ones set the rules for the distribution of money either directly or indirectly like for instance if you have um, a minimum wage that is an indirect way of setting where the revenues go when you set a tax rate um, when you give subsidies when um, you pay for uh, the roads that go to his store. When you build the bridge to his town. When you let him build a heliport and you have to move some poor people's houses out of the way. 
I mean, it's 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 all a complicated, you know, law that reinforces and determines how he's allowed to distribute the money that all the people at Amazon earn. He's the point man that gets to decide the distribution of revenue. Him and the buddies he appoints on his board. Um, And yep, that's how it works. It's the good old boys. Um, And you appoint people that are, are knowledgeable and are thinkers and that disagree with you some of the time. But you mostly appoint people that you know will support where you want to go. And that won't give you too much heartache and you reward them with a nice salary for sitting on the board four times a year and coming to some meetings. So as long as we have this idea that the people at the top are there because they deserve it and they deserve it because they've earned it and they it's a it's a merit system that we live in uh, and that's how it works then we're okay with wealth inequality but if we accept that the people on top are there both from ability and luck and that they're supported by a structure that a legal structure that determines um, their rights in distributing the revenue that comes in and that we've set up a system that says basically uh, you don't have to pay the workers any more than you want to Uh, or you know seven bucks an hour which is like saying whatever the current minimum wage is it's so damn small it it's you might as well say you don't have to pay him uh, and we say well you can't tell these brilliant people or they'll go somewhere else or they won't make more money no they will it's just like we tell people that they can't have child labor we can't uh employ prisoners and exploit them in our jail systems. We can't, you know, use a bullwhip instead of money to get someone to do something. Although, we're not very good on that because we buy from countries that do all the things that we say are not okay. And we buy from supply chains where we don't think that counts. Uh, I mean, look at Apple's supply chain. China, do they have do the people over there follow OSHA? Probably not. Do we know there's no children in the supply chain? And do we even know that that's right or wrong in the circumstance under which it's being done? Um, do we even know if anybody's on top of it? Or do we even care? See, it, it, it's a very muddy slope there. Um, seeing that someone is at the top because they deserve it. Someone is at the top because they mastered the power structure in our country. They've mastered contracts and law and power. 
there's a zillion people that are just as smart and capable. Any one person you look that's successful, there's a zillion people that could have filled that slot. But the person that got it got someone that has power to give them some power. Like you got a job. You did an interview and you got the engineering job and you got to work at the company. And the other two people didn't get the job and so they didn't get the power that comes with that position. I got the power to work at uh, some companies and work in research and I got that, you know, the right to put my name on the patent because I'm in the right position. And other people didn't get the right to put their name in the patent. And even others didn't even get a right to get to the job. But then my boss got to decide if the company was going to pursue that patent and put the money behind it to make it happen because the person above him thought they could make a buck off of it. But my power was limited, certainly more than the brilliant mathematician sitting in the hut in Juarez, but still limited. But as you get further up the ladder, the less your power is limited. George Bezos, Bill Gates, their power is still limited, but it's a hell of a, it's an order, many orders of magnitude greater than mine. I don't get to determine if uh, the people that work at Walmart or Amazon have enough money when they work full time to buy food and put a roof over their head. I don't get to determine that. Our country and our government get to determine that. But we don't determine that and we live with the inequality and the social unrest that that causes. And that's a whole nother podcast, but there's all sorts of um, really bad things that happen to societies that have large wealth inequality. There's a lot of unrest. Duh. Have you noticed any unrest lately? And we're one of the highest wealth inequality in the world, if not the highest. We're not, on average, the wealthiest, however. We just distribute it more poorly. So, there's a, we've got to get the myths out of our head that this is the way it should be, this is the only way it can be, and that this way fosters um, a loving and kind world. Uh, an empathetic, compassionate world. It doesn't. It fosters a competitive, harsh world. We don't have to get rid of capitalism to fix it. But we do have to change the rules. And one of the ways is, you know, moving to be more socialistic and letting the government... Uh, control more of the factors of production. That is a, a way, but it's not the only way. You can make much less painful changes to our 
capitalism and retain the ability of capitalism to generate profits and to grow wealth and only affect the way that wealth is distributed. Uh, only is probably not the right word, but you'll affect the way the wealth is distributed, but not necessarily uh, how it's generated. Anyway, I don't know if this is going to change anybody's mind that uh, what they think about wealth inequality. And we certainly didn't go into all the problems of wealth inequality. But what I hope I did is challenge your idea of why wealth inequality exists. It exists because there are huge differences in power given to some people in our society. Their powers are pretty close to unlimited. If you're a Jeff Bezos, his power compared to mine is basically unlimited. He not only can change what happens in the company and his house and stuff, he can also use his money to even change the laws that regulate how he can use his money. And that power structure has got so much out of line in this country. I'm not sure we can unwind it. The elites in this country control so much, and it doesn't matter a whole lot whether you're talking Democrat or Republican. I think like a Democrat most of the time, so it's easy for me to be, you know, down on the Republican elites. But the elites back different horses and they have different items on their agenda. But the sparring between the elites happens on both sides. Um, and the elites get us to cast votes on their side of the ledger or the other or the other side of the ledger. So anyway, I want hopefully it made the the few people that listen to this will at least stop and think what is inequality based on? Did it happen because a difference in ability or luck or power? This is the Ancient Texan, hoping you have a good day. Namaste. Yo. This is the ancient Texan, an earthling, hoping we all can learn to live and play well together on this small and delicate planet we call home. May we all honor the sacred in our fellow inhabitants. Namaste.